Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, and we're going to look today again at St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Over the last week and a half now, we've been looking at the encouraging words of the apostles. Pretty much everywhere I go these days, friends, wherever we're traveling, whether it's here in the United States or other places around the world, it is a time where humanity is battling against discouragement and fear, depression. The nations have been shaken where our finances, our politics, our environment, all kinds of things are shaking. And the Lord knows all of that. He's permitting it to happen, but he wants his people in the midst of this time of difficulty, you could even say a time of darkness. He wants his people to be light, to really be a source of light for the world, for our neighbors, for one another. Jesus, we've been talking about promises and commandments. The apostles tell us who we are, what God has promised to us, and the more we hear it, understand it, and bring it in, friends, it transforms our way of thinking. And the source of much of the despair, depression, and discouragement is we can't think our way out of our troubles. The battle's in the mind, and we worry and we're anxious. But Paul said, set your mind on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father. Lift up your eyes to the heavens where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Jesus said, don't be afraid. In this world you'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And why is that a good thing? Why can that change your experience of the circumstances of your life, no matter what the circumstances are, so that you become a person who's not under the circumstances, dominated by circumstances in life, controlled by the circumstances in life, but you are under the lordship and majesty of Jesus. You're born again by water and the spirit, and you now are a temple of the living God. You are the presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit is in you. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And nothing can overcome, nothing is greater than the power of God that's at work in us. So the question is, are are these the kind of thoughts that are going through our mind on a daily basis? Is this the stuff that I'm internalizing, I'm betting all my life on, I'm chewing on it, I'm listening, I'm meditating on it, like Jesus said, if you, what is that word in John 15 uh, about, you know, if you abide in my love, if you abide in my love, if you take in the loving promises of Jesus, you meditate on those, you chew on those, you you take up God's word, which is the content of our dialogue with him and what he says about us and how he teaches us to speak to the Father and how to relate to him. And, and we begin to live with him. And the promises of God, we take as promises that are personal, promises to us. And friends, if we're ignorant of Scripture, we're ignorant of God's promises. And we don't know who we are, and we don't know what we can count on, and what we can anticipate and pursue and hunger for and walk in each day. It's critical to get into that mindset. That's the mindset of a disciple. That is, you are uh, living with a transformed way of thinking, not the darkened mind of a fallen world. And if we're not fighting against it, this darkness by moving toward the light, because the light dispels the darkness, I guarantee you, if we're not each day, as Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and we're 
you know, some days we fall, but get right back up and keep going. If we're doing that, and that's what our heart desires, and we're in this conversation with God and moving with the Lord and under his kingship and receiving his grace and promises, our life's going to change. But if we're not doing that, and we're sort of passively connected to our faith, you're going to be in darkness most of the time. And the devil's going to want to at least slow you down, ultimately stop you, to keep you away from experiencing the benefits, the superior pleasures of knowing Christ Jesus. So your thirst and your hunger don't grow. He wants you to stay enslaved, you know, to the constant noise that's in the world and the constant false promises and idols that are being offered up in the world every day. Hey, come here. More money, more power, more, you know, more, you know, sexual freedom, more what? Fame, more glory, right? All of it. Keep going. That's where it's at. Because the whole point of the value of your life, you know, this is the devil's lie. The whole point of the value of your life is your footprint in the world. Where are you in the org chart? How big is your bank account? Are you hanging out with the beautiful people? How many people know your name? That is a dead end. It is a total lie. Why? Because you were made to run not on the cheerleading of a fallen world. You will only be satisfied knowing that you yourself are made by and enjoyed by and loved by the creator of the universe. The Holy Spirit will help give you conviction of your new status, not as an enemy of God, but as a child of God, loved by God, cherished by God, forgiven by God. This is where your value comes from. St. Paul, continuing in this first chapter of this letter to the Thessalonians, left off yesterday where he's talking about he, he's giving thanks to the Father. He's a good shepherd. He's thinking about his people. He's seeing their faith grow. He's seeing their love spread. He's seeing their hope is becoming steadfast. They're not fly, you know, like a fish on a dock, you know, flip-flopping back and forth. And they now are having a steadfast heart instead of a faint heart. Transformation is happening. This is Christianity. You know, Christianity means change, friends. If you're living in the Lord and the Holy Spirit, and you're chewing on His Word, and you're living the life of the sacraments, you're living in the people of God, you're engaging His mission, your life is going to change. And it's going to change for the better. Remember, because Jesus said this Himself. He said, there's this beautiful big icon in our Eucharistic chapel. I was just there this morning at my parish, Christ the King. It's, you know, the Ponto Crotor of Jesus, the risen one, and he's holding the word of God. And he's, the passage on there is, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There's a promise, friends, from the light of the world. If you want to walk in light, then that means walk in freedom and walk in truth. Follow Jesus. But if you fail to take him seriously, you are going to walk in darkness. And what he says, if you follow him, if you follow him with your heart, you will not only not walk in darkness, that's the negative side, but you'll have the light of life. What does that mean? The light that is the life of God, a sharing in the eternal life, the divine risen power of Jesus Christ. That is astounding. That is worth celebrating. 
So that, that's the kind of thing that made the apostles, you know, the men and the women who were serious disciples of Jesus in the early church that we read about made them so rock solid. They stood on the rock of this truth. Yes, the circumstance changed. So let's look, look at Thessalonians, for example. Here he says, he goes on to verse 4. For we know, brethren, what does Paul know about them? And now put yourself as part of the brethren. For we know, brethren, beloved by God. I am beloved by God. That's my identity. That's who I am. Why am I valuable? Because God values me. Why does my life have meaning? Because the king of the universe, the creator of all things, loves me. And by his grace, I love him back. You are beloved by God. He has chosen you. Again, there's that chosen. For our gospel, how were you chosen? Paul goes, for our gospel, that is the good news about Jesus, came to you not only in word, you know, the proclamation by Paul and Timothy and Peter and all the others, the good news about Jesus came to you first by word. Now, I want to underline something here. The scripture is very clear in Romans. Paul says, faith comes through hearing. And what is heard is the word of God. It's God's plan that the message about his son would be communicated. Yes, by words and deeds together, not either or. One of the problems that has emerged in in my view in the church is a diminishing of the importance of speaking the word. And it's all about what are the deeds that I've done. Deeds matter. But deeds confirm the words. The words give meaning to the deeds. People say, you know, even bishops and cardinals and other people say, you know, St. Francis said, evangelize and if necessary, use words. He never said that. They don't know that, but it's true. If they do the research, they'll see it. I remember hearing that years ago and it drove me crazy. Like every time I heard someone who's giving a talk on what the Catholic Church says about, you know, evangelization and mission, they said, well, Remember what St. Francis said, evangelize and if necessary, use words. Now there's some value in that to understand that you have to walk it. You know, walking it out is critical. Living it is important, right? And deeds of love are absolutely critical and important. But it's important to know that St. Francis never said it. And why it bothered me was I just love Francis. I just, he captivated my heart, captured my heart. And I, I just am amazed at the work the Lord did in him. And one of the things he loved to do and he had a passion to do was to preach the word of God. He wanted to be just like Jesus and he wanted to be, he wanted to preach the kingdom. Jesus said he came for the purpose of preaching the kingdom and St. Francis wanted to do the same thing. And he happens to be sort of the perfect balance of words and deeds. And that's why he's such a good model. I even wrote a booklet called St. Francis Used Words and I have all the documentation in that booklet of what we know about what he said and what he didn't say. And if you even go to Wikipedia even and type in, you know, St. Francis said, evangelize if necessary, use words. You can type that in and say, is this true? And it'll show you. It's a folk saying that's a few hundred years old and it's not something that came from the mouth of Francis. It's inconsistent with his overall orientation. Why is it important? Because I think when Catholics hear that, or a lot of people hear it, we don't speak the word of God much. We don't evangelize much. We don't talk about Jesus despite the exhortations by St. John Paul II wrote a document to the church in America, Ecclesia in America. One of the things he said is, Church in America, you must learn again to speak the name of Jesus. Now, the fact that his name is not being spoken very often says something about the lack of faith, 
And some of it says, says something about the lack of love. Man, if you're in love, tell me when, when, you know, when a young woman is engaged, her boyfriend gets on his knees on a Friday night, he proposes to her. I'm telling you what, her text, her phone is ringing off the hook. She's telling everybody about her love. That's it. And if our hearts are alive with love for Jesus and we really know the Lord, we're going to want to talk about him. And too often, I think Catholics say, well, yeah, well, you know what St. Francis said? He said, you know, evangelize, but if necessary, use words. Well, just so happens that the vast majority of people seem to discern that it's never necessary to use words. And that in particular, the word that is the name of Jesus and talking about who he is. So Paul is saying, that's how the good news came to you. It came to you in word, he said, but also in the power of the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. This is when the word of God is going out in a healthy way through the church, right? It comes out in word, gets confirmed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it leads to full conviction. When we think about as parishes and evangelization committees or families who are talking about it, what does it look like? It comes out in the words, the message about Jesus and the good news. It's confirmed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's leading to conviction that strengthens people. We can talk about this more tomorrow. I hope you can join me. But I just want to remind you, go to Renewal Ministries website. There's so many things we have there that are there to help you grow. You can download the Renewal Ministries app and access all our programming. And take a look at the new book my wife Debbie and I just wrote called Lessons in the School of Love for Married Couples and Families. We just kind of share our own story from our heart. God bless you. Have a great day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, St. Francis Used Words. St. Francis is really a model of mercy, and he communicated that mercy through both deeds and through words. And Pope Francis reminds us that each one of us is called to do the same. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call one 800 282-4789. That's 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net.